Our scripture reading tonight is from 1 John uh, chapter 5, verses 18 to 21. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who was born of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we might know who is true. And we are in him who is true, in the Son of Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Okay, welcome. Nice to see you all here tonight. Uh, my name's Dan and I'm the pastor here. And uh, if you were cluing in, you may have realized that that's not a traditional Christmas reading where the sheep and the angels and the manger and all that kind of stuff. Well, actually, as a church, we've been working through the book of First John, and this is the last in our series, and so you get to sit in at the end of the series, and I think it's also good for you if you are one of these like people that manages to make it out for Christmas and for Easter, then I think it's good for you to recognize that or to learn that there's something else in the Bible other than the, sh- the sheep and the angels and uh, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, you know I just really felt that, that the Lord was, was telling me that um, we should keep it um, in our series. So, here's a question for you. Um, what does Christmas have to do with shooter video games? What does Christmas have to do with video games like Call of Duty or PUBG or other ones like that? The answer is that in both, you can either choose to view the experience through first-person point of view, or you can view it through third-person point of view. So if you've been here through our Advent season, every week I've opened the Christmas present, and uh, today we have, I think it's Ray from Star Wars, looking fine there in her, uh, in her shawl. And I also have a camera here. So you can either view life through first-person perspective or through, or through third-person. Now, first-person is when you look through the eyes of the character, right? This is first-person perspective, right? Now, third-person is where you imagine that there's a kind of camera that's there behind you, over and above you, and so you can see more than you can see with first person. Now, lots of people think that uh, they would rather play with first person. It's more true or it's more real, but I like playing with um, third person. Now, first person point of view or first person POV is intense because you're right in the middle of the thick of the action, but you can only see what you can see, right? But third-person POV is even better because it allows you to take a bit of a step back and to get a sense of what's really going on. Things that you couldn't see when you were in first-person perspective, you can now see when you're in third-person. And Christmas is kind of one of those seasons where we do a lot of first-person POV stuff, right? My presence, my schedule, my plans, my loneliness, my fulfillment, my visa bill, my traditions, my stress, my family. It's all very much a first-person POV experience. Well, in these few verses that we've read tonight from First John, God gives us a bit of a break from ourselves. He invites us to take a step back and to, uh, and to enjoy a new POV, a new point of view. He invites us to look at reality through his eyes. 
Now, over these, over these past few weeks, like I said, we've been looking at, um, at a brand spanking new love, at a brand spanking new life, at a brand spanking new story, a brand spanking new confidence. Now, this week, a brand spanking new point of view. And my point has been that we get all of this through Christ, through having a relationship with him. Now, video game walkthroughs uh, are super popular with teens. This is where someone records themselves playing a video game. On, on YouTube, there's this uh, video game walkthrough of this game called Horizon Zero Dawn that I've never played, but this walkthrough lasts for 20 hours and five minutes. And this walkthrough has been viewed literally half a million times, nearly half a million times. So what that means is that you're literally watching someone play a game for 20 hours. Yeah. But that's kind of what John's doing in these verses, is he's giving us a walkthrough, not of a video game, but of your life. And he keeps switching between first-person POV and third-person POV. And it's great because every time he does this switch from my view, first person, to God's view, third person, he keeps on saying these words, we know, we know, we know. And so every time he says we know, you know that he's kind of cueing you up to see things from God's view rather than your view. And in fact, feel free, there are lots of uh, Bibles in the pews, and feel free to look at the front where the contents are. And if you want to find 1 John chapter 5 and go to the end of the chapter, then you can actually follow along where I'm going so that you know that I'm not making it up. And really what John's trying to do in 1 John chapter 5, the end verses, is he's trying to move us from saying, I think, which is the first person POV thing to say, to say, we know, which is a third person POV, God's point of view. In a sense, John is saying, in your first person perspective, this is what you see, but... And then he says, we know. And then he tells us something new and true from God's point of view. Now, now before we move on, I want you to imagine your life as a video game, okay? If someone made a video game of your life, you're the main character. Think of your experiences, of your hobbies, of your likes and your dislikes. These really big things, maybe events that have have marked your your life. Things that have really defined you. Now, once you have that in your mind, I want you to turn to the person next to you and tell them what is the name of your video game. Okay? A video game based on your life. Turn to the person next to you and just, first thing that you know, leaps into your mind based on your experiences, tell the person next to you what your video game would be called. Okay, let's uh, draw your attention back here. Anyone want to shout out what their video game would be called? Chaos. 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 Okay, chaos. Chris is chaos. Okay. Anyone else want to shout out there? I heard someone else here. Working in the garage. Working in the garage. (laughs) Sounds exciting. I'd like to watch a 20-hour walkthrough of that. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah. Fast and Furious. Okay, that, that, that might already exist. I'm not sure. Yeah. Wii Sports Winter Edition. Great. Yeah. 
Donuts. Okay. <laughs> and one more back there. Anyone? Eh? Andrew Adventure. I love that. That's fantastic. Okay. So, so uh, those would be the names of your game. Now let's let's uh, jump briefly back into the passage. So. You know, there's this phrase, we know, and the first we know that John gives us is in verse 18, and verse 18 reads like this. John says this, we know that anyone born of God does not continue in sin. The one who is born of God keeps them safe, and the evil one cannot harm them. So in your first person POV, your first person point of view, you look at your regrets and they loom massively on your horizon. Like, if you could go back in time and change things, you would for sure, for sure. And our normal reaction to regrets is, I totally messed that one up, but what's happened has happened, so it's best if I carry on the best that I can. That's your first person POV, right? Hopelessness. Just grinning and bearing it. But then John hits the switch button, and suddenly we see this larger picture. We can see God's plan, and John writes this, anyone born of God does not continue to sin, which is incredible because this is hope. In Jesus, John is saying, you are not defined by your mistakes or your sins. Suddenly you can see that there is hope. Not that you live a perfect or a sinless life. In fact, 1 John 1 verse 10 says this, if we claim we have not sinned, then we make out God to be a liar. But the point is that, it, um, is that your sin, your past no longer defines you. It no longer de- needs to be the defining reality of your life. In Jesus, you have new life and new power to resist sin. And verse 19 also tells us that in Christ we are safe from the accusations of Satan. God himself, it says, keeps you safe. God moves you from hopelessness into hope. So the first person POV says, I've messed up and there's no hope. I've no one to blame but me. But God's POV says, you can be free from the power of sin and from the attacks of Satan. God is on your side. Now the second perspective shift is from meaninglessness to meaning and this takes place in verse 19 that says this verse 19 says this we know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one so the first person POE says this I think I get angry so easily because my dad got angry with me or I think I love spending money on others because I never got any Christmas presents. Or I love the outdoors because we went for walks as a kid. And that's all that we can see life through our own eyes. We see the joys and the pains and the sorrows. This is us. But then God hits the change perspective switch again and suddenly we read this. We know, there it is again, we know that we are children of God which means that in Christ, our primary way of knowing ourselves is as children of God. It's like we're wearing these name badges with messed up stuff on them. Hello, my name is failure. Hello, my name is lonely. Hello, my name is angry. Hello, my name is confused. And sometimes the stuff on our name badge isn't necessarily bad. Hello, I'm Canadian. Or, hello, I'm middle child. Or, hello, I'm hockey player. 
whatever it is. But if this is how we identify ourselves, then it's our name badge. This is our first person POV. But then God comes along with his POV and he says to us, would you like me to give you a new name badge? And if you're sick of your old name badge that represents your own way of living life, then you can say to God, okay, I'd love you to do that. And then he slaps on you a new name badge that says this, child of God, God's daughter, God's little girl, God's little boy. And the Bible calls this being born again. And when this happens, it's like your eyes are opened and you see all of life through a completely new set of lenses. So instead of seeing your life as school and weekends or job and weekends or planning for retirement, whatever it is that kind of ca- uh, captures your, your imagination, uh, suddenly it's like a curtain is pulled back and you can see this massive reality because verse 19 tells us that the whole world is under control of the evil one. It's like waking up from the matrix and realizing what reality is. And in this context, suddenly you realize that as a child of God, everything you do matters because of this greater spiritual reality. Verse 19 tells us that we're in enemy-occupied territory, but God is claiming back what the enemy stole. You are part of God's kingdom coming here on earth. God's invasion of enemy-occupied territory. And this God's invasion actually began when Jesus came as a baby, and it still continues today. Now, we don't often think of Jesus' birth as as an invasion, but that's exactly what it was. And so when you look at life through God's point of view, you realize that there is no such thing as a neutral day. There is no such thing as a neutral action. You realize that everything in your life matters because Jesus says that you're part of God's family and his recreation here on earth. So in Jesus, we we can know that our lives have meaning. And this leads us into our third perspective change. Loneliness into family. Our first person POV says to us that we're on our own in this universe. And this leads to loneliness. And sometimes this Sometimes this loneliness spikes, right, at the Christmas season, and it's tough. That's our first-person POV. But then in verse 20 of 1 John chapter 5, uh, John says this, We know, there are those words again, it's the, it's the perspective change, We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And so God's POV tells us that we're not on our own because the Son of God has come. He's entered into our world, into our experience. And the goal of Jesus coming, the goal of Christmas, uh, you know, the goal of what we call the incarnation is relationship. God moves us from loneliness into family. Jesus came so that you could see God and touch God and handle God and listen to God and smell God. That's why Jesus came. He wants you to move beyond your first person POV of life as you know it so that you can know the truth, as John says. And as you know the truth, it will set you free. And this truth isn't an ideal or a concept or a philosophy. This truth is a person. This truth is Jesus. This is the glory and the wonder and the majesty and the mystery of the Christmas story. 
And then John wraps up this section by saying, And we are in him who is true by being in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. And so, friends, I want to say this to you tonight, that whatever your, your history or your past or your regrets or your struggles or your sin, whatever it is that you pin your identity on, whatever it is that you are chasing, hoping that it will fulfill you, know this, that God loves you and sent his son so that you can be in his son, Jesus, and through Jesus, you can know the one true God. And I love you guys way too much, and I love Jesus way too much, you know, to give you a bland little Christmas message or a vague hope or to scratch your ego and tell you that everything's going to be okay. Because the message of Christmas is actually incredible. It's this message that God became man, and it moves us from saying, I think, to we know. It moves you from saying, I hope, to I know. If you trust in Jesus, you can say that I know that the power of sin is broken. I know that my life has meaning. I know that I am never alone. And so as the worship team comes up, I want you to uh, notice something. In front of me is a manger. And now this is a symbol of God, of Jesus coming to earth and living the life that you never could. But notice that the manger is empty. Jesus is no longer in the manger. Jesus isn't a perpetual baby, okay? And there behind me is the cross. This is a symbol of God, of Jesus dying the death that you and I really deserve. But notice that it too is empty. Jesus is no longer on the cross And in 1 John 1 verse 5, we read this about Jesus, that the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And that was true then, and it's true now. The manger is empty. The cross is empty. But the light of the world, Jesus, is very much alive. And through these next songs, as we pass this flame from the Christ candle, as a symbol of the hope of the gospel spreading throughout the earth, I would encourage you to invite God, actually say it to him. Ask him to help you see your life, your world, your, your world, your worth and your value from his POV. Ask him to let you experience, not just know in your head, but experience in your heart how much he loves you so that you no longer have to look through life like this, but you can see how much value you have as you look at yourself and your life through God's perspective. Amen.